This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. God is a God who is alive, He is active, and over and over throughout His Word, we see that God gives even warnings and words of preparation so that we as His people will be prepared. In the book of Acts, uh, there was a man who was a, a prophet from the Lord named Agabus, and God revealed to him uh, that, a, that there would be a great challenge coming. And as he gave the word of warning, it was always for a purpose of preparation. So I'm always sensitive when the Lord speaks First of all, the scripture says, try the spirits, number one, okay? Try the spirits. You always do that. Number two, uh, as far as a word that is given from the Lord, uh, there is always confirmation that God gives. And then also, the timing of when God fulfills his word, unless he gives very specific timing, uh, you, you commit those things to prayer and you allow the Lord to work out his timing. So uh, a brother came to me today, uh, a gentleman who is an evangelist from Puerto Rico. He is with us here this morning. And uh, two days ago, the Lord, he shared with me, the Lord gave him a very uh, strong word in a, a vision at night or a dream at night. And, uh, and so... Uh, after having spoken with him and with someone who knows him, I would like to give him the opportunity to share very briefly what the Lord shared with him, because I believe that we need to be open to hearing uh, up-to-date words from the Lord uh, that do apply to us. And again, with everything, we bring it before uh, the Lord, we confirm it, and then we allow the Lord to direct us from there. So I would like to invite uh, Hector Martinez to come on up for just a moment. Si puede venir, hermano. Um, and he's going to share in Spanish, I'll translate in English, uh, what this dream was and how it would apply to us. Good morning. Dios me los bendiga a todos en esta hermosa mañana. May the Lord bless each one of you this morning. A los que más conoce soy evangelista Héctor Martínez de Puerto Rico. Estoy de vacaciones con mi tía Esther y George. I'm here with family, uh, George and Esther, and uh, I'm evangelist in Puerto Rico, and I'm here on, uh, on vacation. Mientras estaba allí sentado, que el pastor estaba hablando. I was sitting there, and the pastor was speaking. El Espíritu Santo me dejó sentir y decirle al pastor. The Spirit of the Lord impressed strongly on my heart to speak to the pastor. Que la iglesia se tiene que preparar en estos tiempos. That the church needs to prepare. Porque viene una gran prueba para los Estados Unidos. Because there is a great challenge coming to the United States. Estados Unidos va a ser movido y conmovido por un poderoso temblor de tierra. 
Y Dios le dice a su pueblo que se prepare con suministro y espiritualmente. Para cuando venga este, esta prueba a los Estados Unidos. So when this uh, great earthquake comes, estén preparados that we will be prepared con todo lo que el Señor ha enviado a prepararse. With everything that the Lord calls us to be prepared. Quizá usted se está preguntando por qué esta prueba para los Estados Unidos. And so I was asking, Lord, why? Why for the United States? Es porque hay muchas cosas, mucho pecado, y hay iglesias que están caminando en dos aguas. And uh, the Lord spoke to my heart and said it is because there are many of my people, many churches dos who are taking part in two tables. And I'll explain that. Y no están conforme a la voluntad y al Espíritu Santo. That they are, like we spoke about last week, really eating of the table of the enemy while at the same time eating of the table of the Lord and they are not walking in conformity with the will of God. Por eso es que el Señor va a permitir que este temblor venga a los Estados Unidos y lo mueva sus cimientos. Pero Dios guardará los suyos, a los que caminan conforme a su palabra y a los que son fieles a Dios, Dios los va a guardar en medio de toda esta prueba. Hace dos días tuve una revelación de parte del Señor con un temblor de tierra en el cual movía los cimientos de los Estados Unidos y todas las casas y todas las cosas se estaban cayendo y se estaban destruyendo. Y es necesario que el pueblo de Dios se prepare. And it's necessary that the church of God be prepared. No sabemos en qué hora va a pasar ni qué día, pero por eso es que el Señor nos envía a que nos preparemos para cuando venga esta prueba, Dios nos guarde de todo mal. Lord didn't show me an exact time or day, but he wanted us to be prepared so that when it comes that we will be ready. Le doy toda la gloria y la honra a mi Cristo Jesús que me dio esta revelación para que la compartiera con ustedes para que estemos preparados en todo momento, tanto espiritualmente como materialmente. I give the glory and the honor to the Lord who gave me Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we recognize that you're a God who speaks and we want to listen. Lord, we see all around us the very clear evidence where many who have claimed to follow you are walking in things that clearly oppose your word. And though you are gracious, and you are merciful, and you give time to repent, we do also recognize that you do allow for a shaking. And so I pray, Spirit of God, that you would help every single one of us to be prepared spiritually, to be prepared uh, in the natural, however you d direct us to. Lord, may your hand be upon your people. And if there be anything in our lives, Lord God, that, is, uh, that would distance us from that protection, we repent. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us to live in sync with your Holy Spirit. We pray for your protection. We pray for your protection upon this body, upon this property, upon these buildings. But more than anything, Lord, upon your people. We thank you that you are a God who is faithful, and we trust in you, 
our strong tower. Now I pray that our ears would be open to hear what your spirit has to say. Give me the ability to communicate your word clearly. And I pray that we would all hear, myself included, everything that you want us to grasp today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would please open your Bibles with me to the book of Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8. We are continuing to focus on what is involved in being led to freedom. You, as, you, as you notice, as we walk through this process, this isn't something that happens overnight. There is a lot that is involved in coming out from under slavery. And God's heart is that you and I would live free for the glory of God. He doesn't want any one of us in this room bound in the chains of slavery to the enemy. And last week we looked at how God began to reveal his mighty hand and to show Pharaoh that he indeed uh, is God. And he put out his hand and struck the Nile and the water in the land turned to blood. And then the magicians ended up doing the same thing. And Pharaoh, after having seen what happened, verse 23 of, the, of chapter 7 says that he returned to his palace and put the whole thing out of his mind. He clearly was not effectively moved by the first plague that God sent. So God moves on to plague number two. Plague number two uh, would be that God would bring frogs from the Nile as a judgment against Egypt. Now, Egypt, as we spoke about last week, had many gods, and uh, God's Word says that He will not share His glory with anyone. God's Word says that He will be exalted above all gods. And throughout this process of Moses communicating with Pharaoh, God is going to systematically uh, exalt his name above the name of every other false god in the land of Egypt. Uh, the land of Egypt had a frog-headed frog goddess of birth called Heket. And through this plague, God would demonstrate that he is powerful and more powerful than what the enemy would try to set up as the goddess of birth for life only comes from the one true God. Frogs in Egypt were thought to be sacred, and they were not to be killed. Somewhat like in India, where you have the cows are considered sacred, and they're not allowed to be killed. So you'll see so many cows uh, that are roaming around in spite of the fact that there are many hungry people. But they revere these cows, and so they will not kill them. In a similar way, Egypt revered the frog, and therefore would not kill the frog. And so God, in this plague, uh, would send frogs in an abundance. And let's read through it. Beginning in verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Go back to Pharaoh and announce to him, This is what the Lord says. Let my people go. Why? So that they can worship me. Keep this in mind. God's desire for your freedom 
is for you to be able to worship him. If we get free, but we refuse to worship, you and I can end up in a worse situation than what we got freed from. So we need to remember that God, he sets us free. He saves us for a purpose. There were those in scripture that God, uh, that Jesus specifically said to, he said he healed them or he set them free from demonic possession. And he said, uh, be careful that you do not turn back to your old ways or a worse thing will come upon you. In one instance, he said, when a person is set free from demonic possession, that one demon goes and he looks for a place where he can find residence and finding none will come back to the place where he was originally kicked out of. And because that person, though they were set free, did not choose to worship the one true God, that that demon will bring seven more and end up coming back and making the state of that person worse than before they were ever set free. God wanted his people to worship him. If you refuse to let me go, I will send a plague of frogs across your entire land. The Nile River will swarm with frogs. They will come up out of the river and into your palace, even into your bedroom and onto your bed. They will enter the houses of your officials and your people. They will even jump into your ovens and your kneading bowls. Frogs will jump on you, your people, and all your officials. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, raise the staff in your hand over all the rivers, canals, and ponds of Egypt, and bring up frogs over all the land. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came up and covered the whole land. Verse 7. But the magicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. They too caused frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Now, so far, the magicians are two for two, if you're keeping count. The water was turned to blood. Magicians said, we can handle that. They go and do the same thing. In fact, if we're counting before the plague, when the staff was turned into a serpent, they did that too. So you could say we're three for three. So each thing that was demonstrated, the magician said, we can handle that. We'll do it too. Now we have the frogs being brought out of the river and the magicians say, we can do that too. See, sometimes when we are presenting the power of our God, we will get pushback from the enemy and on various levels, the enemy who has a certain level of power is able to copy what God does. But we're not done yet. We're just two plagues in. But in this plague, God was going to demonstrate his power. And so, verse 8 says, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged 
plead with the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people. I will let your people go so they can offer sacrifices to the Lord. You set the time, Moses replied. Tell me when you want me to pray for you. Your officials and your people. Then you and your houses will be rid of the frogs. They will remain only in the Nile. Now think about it. If you're in this situation and someone comes to you and says, I know that my God's able to take away this mess. This problem can all be resolved. I'm going to put the ball in your court. When would you like God to do that? You ponder it over for a moment. And you go, yeah, tomorrow. Sometimes in our walk with God, our mind is so set on the future that we don't recognize that God desires to do what we need done today. I was, I had the privilege of, uh, walking through this building with someone who is assessing uh, some of our HVAC and, and, and lighting and things like that. And, uh, and as I did, this gentleman was in great pain. And he had, he had to sit down every now and then. And uh, so as, as I, I serve a God who heals, uh, both believer and unbeliever alike, I said to myself, well, why not give this man an opportunity to be healed? And so there were two of them. And this one a gentleman, he was a little older. I said to him, sir, I said, uh, would you like me to pray for you to be healed? And, uh, and he said, well, I'm not a religious man. And I said, well, you don't have to be. God loves you anyways. And uh, he said, well, I suppose I'd never turn down prayer. And that's how he ended. The other man was doing some calculations, and I was waiting for the right time. And, and I said, uh, well, are you ready? Would you like me to pray for you now? He said, now? He says, I, I thought you meant like you would pray for me after I leave or something. But what has happened sometimes is our faith level in God is so low that all we're thinking about is like a wishful prayer. Like, remember me in your, and it's just like this ethereal kind of thing. Pray to a God that's way out there that may do something, and if he does, you may not know it. It's this perspective that does not take into consideration the now power of God. And, and so I said to him, I said, yes, I said, I, I would love to pray with you right now. He says, really? It was like he was in total shock. I said, only if you'd like. You know, we don't force anybody. He said, okay, go right ahead. And so I prayed for him that the Lord would heal him and touch him. In our lives, we deal with situations that are hard. My friend, don't just believe God for tomorrow. 
believe him for today. That takes a step of faith. It really does. In fact, the more that we believe God for today, the more active we will see his hand. Because then when you pray for someone, you're expecting some results. Now, to be honest, I asked the gentleman afterwards, and I said, well, how are you doing? You know, any, any change? He says, no, I'm a hard case. But here's what happened. The seed was sown. I did what I believe God wanted me to do. That's all I got to do. I don't heal anybody. He does. And I've seen various ways God handle things, you know. And who knows what the Spirit of God is going to do as he lays on his head on his pillow at night. You know, there may be some things that God's going to work on in his spirit, and then the healing will come. I don't know. I don't have that all figured out. All I know is God says that we can believe him for the impossible. And I'm looking forward to a great report and believing God that as we obey, that God's going to do something. So don't be afraid to trust God for something immediately. You don't have to wait for tomorrow. Pharaoh said, I'm willing to put up with all these crazy frogs for another day. I don't know why. Not only him, and his, because it was in his palace too. In his bed, in his ovens. It, it was everywhere. And he was willing, after he spoke with Moses, to deal with it for whatever amount of hours it was till the next day. Tomorrow, he said. Moses replied, verse 10, All right, it will be as you have said. I want to tell you, Jesus said this over and over, According to your faith, be it unto you. What do you think would have happened if he had said today? I believe God would have heard that at that time. Because the ball was in his court. What time do you want me to pray for you? Pharaoh, if he was wiser, would have said, how about right now? I am tired of these frogs. Would you pray that they would leave? All right, we'll do it. But he waited till tomorrow because Pharaoh was willing to wait till tomorrow. If you're willing to wait for some future time for what you're dealing with, God will wait too. He's not going to push anything on any of us. But more and more, I'm learning to step up and say, God, I know I can pray with an idea that in like weeks or months you're going to do it. But Lord, I'm going to ask in faith, would you do it now? Would you please do it now? Nothing wrong with asking. Would you please do it now? So I want to challenge all of you in your prayers. Bring them to current. You're praying for this big challenge in your family. And you may be in your, in your mind while you're praying some year down the road. Oh, God, way far away would you eventually do this. God can, he'll, he'll work with that too. But how about bringing it a little closer? Say, God, I know you're able to expedite this. Would you do it even now for the glory of God? So, 
God says through Moses, the frogs will leave, your leave you, your houses, your officials, and your people. They will remain only in the Nile. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh's palace, and Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had inflicted on Pharaoh, and the Lord did just what Moses had predicted. The frogs in the houses, the courtyards, and the fields all died. The Egyptians piled them in the great heaps, and a terrible stench filled the land. There is this principle in God's Word that we see happen over and over again, that whenever we turn to other things beside God and we want them more, God will eventually give them to us in an overabundance. Let me give you a couple scenarios. You have Israel, after they left Egypt, now this is fast forward a while, they didn't have the meat that they enjoyed in Egypt. And they were getting angel food. In the book of Psalms, it's referred to as food of angels. It's called manna, which literally means, what is it? It was like a honey wafer. If you had like vanilla wafers, you ever had that? Something maybe similar to that. And they would go out and they would get a fresh batch of it every single day. It was wonderful. It was heavenly food. But they didn't have the other kinds of food that they wanted, and they grumbled and complained. And because they did, this is what God did. He said, your complaining has reached me, and because you will not be satisfied with what I'm giving you, not only am I going to give you meat in the form of quail, but you are going to get so much of it that it's going to make you sick. Now, this is a principle in God's Word, and we need to be careful of this. If God, through His Holy Spirit, is directing you in a certain way, and in the rebelliousness of our heart, we say, oh no, but God, I want it this way. I want it this way, and we can even pray in line with that. God, you've got to do it this way. God, I want it this way. And we keep going our own way. God may very well respond by saying yes, and you're going to get so much of it that it'll make you sick. It doesn't matter what that is in our lives. The truth is, is that the things that we can get, quote, addicted to is anything that we allow to take control in our lives. And that addiction ends up being our master. And every time it calls, we say yes, and we respond. And what happens is, when we do that, we end up getting so much of it that we end up hating what we're even taking. Okay? The average person who does something that they get addicted to, whether it be drinking or drugs or uh, any list of things, they never intend for it to be a sour taste. It's always for the pleasure of the moment. But the aftertaste for all of those things that are ungodly is a very difficult thing. And the enemy never highlights any of that. 
never highlights the hangovers, never highlights the overdoses, never highlights um, all of the desensitization that happens when all of these kinds of addictions come into a person's life. And I am convinced that when we allow the Holy Spirit to direct our lives, there is not one pleasure that God will withhold from those who walk uprightly. You see, God is not in the business of withholding those things that will bless us. For the Scripture says that it is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. In His presence there is fullness of joy, and at His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And when we do it God's way and we do it the right way, it's blessed and there's no shame, no regret. You can enjoy everything God has for you. Everything. But when we allow anything, even the good things God has made, to be the master of our lives, God will end up giving us so much of it that we recognize what it means to be under that slave driver. All with the intention that we, because we have a free will, will come to our personal decision to say, I don't want to be under that master anymore. The end result of that is does not taste good. It does not feel good. Because the enemy never provides you with anything that's going to be long-lasting. It's just bait. And so God was trying to teach those in Egypt that he indeed is God. But the people were not listening. Pharaoh wasn't listening. It says, when Pharaoh saw that relief had come, verse 15, he became stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had predicted. Every single time that when the pressure comes off of us, it's uh, very easy to turn away from the Lord. I would say perhaps the greatest temptations that we can face is when everything is just going hunky-dory. Why? Because, I mean, you don't need to call spiritual 911 at that moment. You feel like everything's going fine. There's no dramatic emergency spiritually. And so you could leave God on the shelf. But I tell you, when things are difficult, even the person who doesn't have a lot of faith calls on God. You may be well familiar with the saying that there are no atheists in foxholes. That may not necessarily be true. There are some that are so stubborn they would... They would uh, seek to deny God no matter what. But for the most part, even the person who believes a little, very little, when they get into a, their life's on the line, they'll cry out to God. My friend, God wants us to grow to the point where when things are going well, we worship Him. We praise Him. And we don't wait till there's some kind of pressure on us to push us to praise God, push us to pray, push us to serve the Lord. After the whole situation that happened on September 11th, churches across our nation, especially around the New York area, were packed. 
Why were they packed? They were packed because of the problem. There was a new realization, I'm not in control. But the, on September the 10th, the day before, there were many people who were not thinking about life the same way. The determining factor for them was the, 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 the challenge that occurred. Our brother shared with us what he felt the Lord give him as a word for us of something that is coming. My friend, be prepared. Be prepared. I share this with you, and again, everything has to be confirmed. But I believe that as we pray, God does hear our prayers as his body. But there are some things that God is going to send as problems and challenges our way. But as his body, he will protect us. And so we as the church, we need to find ourselves under the shadow of the almighty God. So that no, no matter what happens in our country, we have the Lord as our protector. Don't count on our military for your protection, my friends. I'm thankful for our military. And there's nothing negative to say about them. But I want to tell you that the scripture tells us that though some trust in horses and chariots, and that's the equivalent of the military, we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. And the wonderful thing about that is, is that when something breaches, whatever their abilities are to defend, they cannot get past our God because there is no weapon that is formed against us that can prosper as we remain in the Lord. So keep your hope. As you watch the news about all these things unfolding, don't get too focused on, oh, what's going to happen to me? You're dealing with a God who is able to protect in a very supernatural way. And one thing I have found is that when God speaks, he always speaks with a purpose. And if he warns, he warns because he wants to keep us from something. He doesn't just say stuff to say it. So take heart. Prepare yourself so that no matter what comes to our nation, you can be well prepared in the Lord. Keep in mind that while these plagues are going on, God's people are still in Egypt. But God is fighting for them. You and I may be in the midst of the mess, but God knows your name. Even though you may work for a company that maybe God sees things that are going on that you don't see, and maybe he intends to put that company out of business, you need to know God knows your name. God knows your name. He will take care of you even if he's got to shut some things down. So don't allow the ebb and flow of your little secure world to determine your peace level. Everything can be shattered, but those who are built on the rock, they will stand firm. So put your trust in the Lord. He is the anchor of your soul. 
I want to invite the worship team if they could please come. And we're going to close this time together today by refocusing our heart on really God's main desire for us all throughout the week. No matter what you're doing, whether you're working, whether you're a uh, whether you are involved in, in, in um, any kind of area of life that requires you to be uh, highly focused uh, during your, your work week, don't allow the busyness to take away your attention to the one who is with you. That way you'll always be prepared. You know, when, when the tragedy happened on September 11th, it took everybody by surprise, right? So I want you to know, if something else happens in this country, unless the Lord reveals it in a very specific way, sometimes we get so confident in our abilities that we think, oh, we're in this big nation separated by a lot of water. But I want you to know that we are dealing with spiritual battles here. And it's more than where we are. Truly, without the Lord as our protector, we are at risk. And that's not to add fear, because God's Word says don't fear. But it also is important that we don't have this false security to where we don't remain prepared because we think, oh, everything's been going okay for me. No problems so far. Chances are it's going to be okay. I'm going to tell you, friends, things can change overnight overnight. And again, that's not to make you be afraid. I'm just trying to put this in perspective. Don't get falsely secure in this world. If you're secure, let it be in Christ. Otherwise, you will fall apart when the problem comes. And you'll be like, what do I do now? But if you're walking in the Lord and trusting in Him, yes, you're going to have challenge. You're going to have things to work through. But the peace of the Lord is going to be with you, and you are going to be a light to others who will be wandering around in chaos going, what do I do? It's worth it to be prepared. So the ways that we be prepared is really that we worship the Lord. So what I want to encourage you as an assignment this week, and we're going to do it here, but I want to encourage you to be intentional about your worship. We are so blessed in this country to have all kinds of worship leaders that are anointed. These aren't just skilled musicians and singers. These are skilled and with the power of God. We have Christian radio local. We have national Christian radio. We have concerts that come and people play and things like that. But worship goes beyond just being at a concert or being here in church, worship is you offering yourself to the Lord. And sometimes we can get so caught up in all that's going on, and I'm not saying that you should not be aware of what's happening in the news, but I want to encourage you to set aside a portion of time to where you turn off the radio that would just feed you with information 
uh, or change the channel rather, and allow the Spirit of God to minister to you. It takes discipline to do that. And uh, if, you don't have, if you don't have radio and you feel that, take a CD with you, your MP3 player. Find segments every single day to worship God. Because as you worship Him, there is a breakthrough in the supernatural realm. And that's my prayer for us, is that we will live with victory for the glory of God. So, uh, Sherry, if you could uh, lead us in a song of worship, and I want to encourage you this morning to not allow the setting to determine your worship. Some of you may feel very comfortable here, raising your hands, praising the Lord, and tuning in with God. But then once you get into the week, it's like next Sunday is the next time you do it. Let's not do that, friends. Every single day, let it be a day where you set aside time to worship. It's why God set his people free from Egypt. Every single time he said, let my people go so they can worship me. He hasn't changed. I believe sometimes he sits in heaven going, just waiting for your worship. I know you've got that to do. I know you've got that to do. And then you're on to that. Okay, you went to bed. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Okay, now they're in church. All right, they're going to worship me now. Why wait a whole week to worship the Lord? Set aside, even if it's 15 minutes, tune your focus to the Lord and worship Him. I believe that the Spirit of God desires for all of us to genuinely worship Him. And in order to do that, you can only worship through Jesus Christ. What that simply means is, is that your heart needs to be transformed. Your spirit needs to be born again. If you're in this place this morning and the Spirit of God is tugging at your heart and you know that there needs to be a transformation in your life, Today can be the first day of a brand new life for you. And if you're here and you would say, God, I'm willing to take a step and surrender my life to you. What does that involve? That simply involves you, the Bible says it, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. And then the scripture says that you are saved. But you are saved as you continue to remain in Christ. And one of the next steps is getting baptized in water as an outward declaration of what has happened inside. We're going to be having a water baptism service on July 1st. I'm very much looking forward to that. If you're in this room and you'd say, Pastor, I need to make that decision to follow Jesus, and I'm willing to do that this morning, simply right where you are, would you simply raise your hand, and I would be glad to pray with you and believe God for transformation. It's God's heart for you. He loves you and he wants you to be his. If there's anyone here this morning and you need to take that step, this is your opportunity. Just simply raise your hand and I'll be glad to pray with you and believe God 
for transformation.